On this episode of ASAP, Kristen and Anna talk to Emily Price, the executive director of Healthy Birthday. They discuss the power of storytelling, stillbirth rates in the U.S., and a life-saving app called Count the Kicks. It's ASAP, a Strategic America podcast. And this is the theme song. And we don't have much time, just need it ASAP. Okay, thanks, bye. Welcome back to another episode of ASAP. My name is Kristen. I'm an account manager here at SA, and I'm joined by Anna. Hello, everyone. Um, today we are talking about a client and um, a person at the... Well, oh my gosh, let me try that again. <laughs> <laughs> a client with a really great story. Um, so I'm happy to introduce Emily Price, who's the executive director of Healthy Birthday. And we'll let her talk a little bit about that and Count the Kicks to start us off. Thank you so much for having me, Anna and Kristen. It's so fun to be here um, with you all and getting to see pictures of one year old, almost one year old Holly. <laughs> her first podcast debut. Her name's on the podcast. <laughs> That's right. We love healthy babies. Yes. So not not a baby as of October 29th. But. Yes. Um, so um, the history of Count the Kicks really is rooted in essay. Um our, we were founded by five women who all lost daughters to stillbirth or infant death in the early 2000s. And um, they found research in 2007, um, research out of Norway, that showed if you track your baby's movements in the third trimester of pregnancy, get to know what is a normal amount of movement for them in the third trimester, and then speak up if you notice a change in your baby's movements, that you actually have the power to save your baby. And the reason why is um, a change in fetal movement is the earliest and sometimes only indication that there might be an issue with the pregnancy. Now, with that said, just because there might be a change in fetal movement, it doesn't always mean there's an issue, but it does mean you need to go and get checked out. Mm-hmm. And so our founders found this research um, from Norway and other research, and they were going on to have um, their subsequent pregnancies after lost. And their high-risk obstetricians were telling them to pay attention to fetal movement. And it was all something they did not know when they lost their daughters and mm-hmm. in the pregnancies when they lost their daughters. And so they were also told that um, losing a baby in the final weeks of pregnancy was quite rare. It never happens. Those Mm -hmm. were the words that were told to them. When in reality, stillbirth affects one in 167 pregnancies in this country, Mm -hmm. which is a public health tragedy that should not be happening. Not at all. No, I mean, you think of that happening to our great-grandmothers, but not to us. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, it still is. Mm -hmm. Um, But these women, our founders, one of them used to work at SA, Senator Janet Peterson, um, came to John and Mike and said, we found this evidence. Um, Can you help us turn it into a mom-centered campaign? Mm -hmm. And um, they showed them all of the evidence and the medical backing. They worked with the Iowa Department of Public Health. And they very much you know, said to John and Mike, we don't want this to be a dark cloud. Yeah. Stillbirth is very sad. Yeah. No doubt what they went through should not happen to anyone else. No. Um, But they didn't want the campaign to be a dark cloud. Mm -hmm. So when you see our brochures that Strategic America said yes, emphatically and created, and still has a hand in to this very minute, Mm -hmm. um, with our expansion and our growth into other states, um, they're bright, they're yellow. Um, Lisa Holtorf, who's a board member and a Longtime essayer uh, reached out to Dr. Seuss's widow and said, "Can can the is it okay? Can we have permission to have these with a Dr. Seuss feel?" And so you see the turquoise belly with the Dr. Seuss hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's holding an app, which didn't exist when they first <laughs> launched um, in 2007 2008 timeframe. 
Um, and so that in a, in a gist is how Healthy Birthday started and how ingrained SA is in the beginning of um, Count the Kicks and still is today. Yes, lovely. And so for those kind of unfamiliar with kick counting, um, tell us a little bit more about how Count the Kicks started. Um, I know you kind of went into the background of SA, but really um, what, what do you do when you count the kicks or what is the Count the Kicks app and what does it do? Absolutely. So the educational campaign in general is brochures, posters, um, and app download reminder cards that are in birthing hospitals, doctor's offices, um, midwives, clinics, um, social service agencies, WIC clinics all across this country, especially here in Iowa. We have about a 95% rate of those offices ordering our materials and using them in the conversation with um, pregnant women and their partners in the third trimester. And what we educate um, expectant parents on is all based on that evidence. Mm -hmm. And what the evidence shows is that moms need to have a daily kick counting session uh, once a day in the third trimester, they sit down, they, um, if you're using the app, the app uh, came into existence as a mobile app in 2015. So we're going on our fifth year of having a mobile app where you can have a kick counting session. And what you do is, um, but we also do have paper, char- paper charts that are available on our website. So you don't have to have a smartphone to count your kicks. Um, but what you do in either on paper or in the app is um, time how long it takes your baby to get to 10 movements. Mm-hmm. And after about a week, research shows your baby's going to start to show you a pattern, a normal amount of time, an average amount of time that it takes your baby to get to 10. And the reason why it's important for an expectant parent to know that average amount of time is because every baby is different and every pregnancy is different. So my baby on average might take 25 minutes to mm-hmm. get to 10 movements, but your baby on average might take five minutes. And you need to know what's normal for your baby and I need to know what's normal for mine because if all of a sudden I've been, you know, several weeks tracking my baby's movements and if all of a sudden I go from 25 minutes on is my baby's normal and all of a sudden one day it's two and a half or three hours that's a change for my baby Mm -hmm. and I need to speak up and tell my provider so what the app does is it saves their data they see every day once they're done with their session it shows them how long it took to get to 10 and then it and then a graph pops up and it shows them what their their baseline is what the, the that average amount of time is and then it will also very visually show them um, it will pop up on the graph basically if it's taking longer or considerably less to get to that 10 movements and so that's a visual indication that they need to call their provider the app is completely free it has always been free for users thanks to our gener- generous donors and grant funders um, and it's available in 10 languages. We're so proud of that. Uh, we hope to have it in even more languages soon. We don't want there to be any barriers, no reason to to not use our app. Um, and so um, that is, um, in essence, the how the app works and what we're telling moms okay. uh, to pay attention to. And I know I'm a little biased working at SA, but um, through my pregnancy, I was, we were just talking about this a little bit prior, but I had a very high-risk pregnancy and um, much more appointments than the normal pregnancy or a healthy pregnancy um, would carry out. And so I saw in all of our offices throughout all of my appointments, all the brochures. And like you said, it was such a happy thing to see those. It was not only like, oh, cool, my company worked on those and loved to see those in places, but it just was so assuring to know that there are other women being affected by this too and that it's it's so good to see 
um, that mass communication out there for really trying to help people and educate them. I can't plug the app enough to all of my pregnant friends. I'm telling them immediately, the second you feel even like a flutter or what you think may be a kick, download the app immediately and start doing it because it truly is. I mean, you, you establish that routine so early on. Um, And I had mentioned at 38 weeks of my pregnancy, I noticed a change and my baby was super active in the mornings. I could usually get 10 kicks in five minutes. And there was one morning that I woke up and just felt so off and she wasn't moving as much. It took closer to, I think about an hour and a half. And I just thought, this is, this is not right. I know I'm near the end of my pregnancy here, but I called my doctor. They told me to come down, and, of course, they hooked the baby up to the monitor, and she was moving all over the place. And I was one of the fortunate ones that had that happen, and she was okay and delivered a healthy baby. But um, the, the nurses and the doctors truly gave me that assurance, too, that you're not dumb for coming in here. Like, this is why that app exists. This is why we want women to come in and share their stories and come in and get checked. Because if you notice that change in routine, it is a significant thing. There are changes in the baby that could be happening and changes in the mother. So it's so significant that people really come in and get checked out. It's not an overreaction. It's not dumb to go get checked out. It's so important that you do this. And I can't Thank you enough for the work you do and just plug the app enough for anybody listening. It's so incredible. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I uh, I also plug the app to people who sometimes I don't even really know that well, which is <laughs> I, I am only 24, so I don't know very many people who've had children, but some people I went to high school with post on Facebook that they're at 28 weeks and then I just send them a quick little message. I'm like, just say, so yeah. you know, it's free app. Yeah. It's so great. I mean, you guys are so wonderful. Thank you. It just shows that you, um, anyone can be an advocate right. and anyone can save a baby. So right. just by messaging them on Facebook or posting about my baby's average is 15 minutes, you mm-hmm. know, it takes to get 10. And just that word of mouth, yes. uh, moms are helping save babies. It is a yeah. true um, viral, it, you know, when it when it goes viral, when people are sharing, when, are, when they're sharing stories, when they're tagging each other on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or wherever, um, that is the power that is part of the power of this campaign is that moms mm-hmm. um and and anyone can have that conversation or make that post and you don't know who's going to see it and who's going to need it right and i know the nurses kind of told me to uh, a mother's instinct is stronger sometimes than any medicine mm-hmm. or any doctor can tell you and so it is just i mean the power of moms are i think incredible but it, as anna mentioned you don't have to be a mom you can advocate for moms around you Um, anybody can advocate for it. So it's just such a powerful, impactful app and um, campaign that I've loved seeing grow over the years here. Thank you. My 69-year-old dad in Florida will like, um, I'll have have a pregnant waitress and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to tell her to download it. It's awesome though. It's so, so fantastic. At least it's not like an embarrassing comment that an old man would make about pregnant women that's inappropriate. That's right. At least it's an appropriate, helpful comment. Yeah. I think you've touched on one of the things that I think is really interesting about the kick, Count the Kicks is that it's such an individual thing. You're, each mom's time to get to 10 kicks is totally different, um, and it's just a, a foundation for a lot of stories. So if you're comfortable sharing, we would love to hear. I know you were a journalist before you started as executive director at Count or at Healthy Birthday, uh, the nonprofit behind Count the Kicks. So would you tell us a little bit about how you got involved? Sure, I'd be happy to. So Janet Peterson, one of our founders, 
founders who worked at SA and then became a lawmaker here in Iowa. Um, I used to cover politics when I worked at KCCI. And um, when so I knew her from covering politics and being up at the state house. And um, Janet lost her daughter Grace when she was serving in the Iowa House of Representatives, completely healthy pregnancy. Grace died of a true knot in her umbilical cord. And when she met um, our other four founders, they didn't know each other um, before when they lost their daughters, they were all connected through mutual friends and pastors and things like that. And um, when they got together, they they obviously grieved together for a very long time, got to know each other's families. Um, it was a source of comfort and feeling like they weren't alone, um, which was a, a huge piece of recovery. Um, I don't think you ever recover from a loss of a baby, but it was a huge piece of, of, of just making it through the day. Mm-hmm. And so I knew Janet from covering her at the state house. And when it came time that they had done all this work with Strategic America and Department of Public Health and others, um, they said they decided to have what they would call a hard launch um, of Count the Kicks in Iowa. And so um, they held an event and um, Janet reached out to me and said, would you be willing to do a story? on the launch of this campaign. This is what it is. And at the time, um, you know, I was newly married. I didn't know anything about stillbirth. I didn't know anything about kit counting. Um, But I met the women at the same coffee shop where they would always get together um, um, to talk and get to know each other better. And we did a story. They had the brochures with them and and the posters. And we did a story and it aired on the 10 o'clock news that night. Uh, It was June 1st, 2009 on KCCI 10 o'clock show. And the story aired about the launch and what they were hoping to do here in Iowa. And it was one year to the day, almost one year to the day later, it was Memorial Day weekend, 2010, that it was a Friday that I was in my doctor's office and I said, um, I was 30 weeks pregnant. And I said, you know, I, I actually haven't felt my son move that much in the last 12 hours. It's different. Mm-hmm. And my doctor, Dr. Tammy Fonlander took me very seriously. And she said, um, we're going to take you downtown. We're going to send you downtown. We're going to run some tests and just see if anything is happening. Mm-hmm. Just, just check you out and, and see if anything's wrong. So my husband and I went downtown, and the first thing they did was um, hook me up to a non-stress test um, where they monitor contractions and things like that. And what they noticed at 30 weeks is that I was essentially in labor. I was having contractions. My son was ready to be born at 30 weeks, which is far too early, Mm -hmm. 10 weeks too early. Um, And so they said, and they noticed it right away, and they said, what we're going to do, they told me what was happening, and they said, you're going across the street to the hospital. And uh, we're going to do some further tests. And um, when we got there, they, um, you know, we met with the nurses and the doctor, and they said, um, we are going to give you a shot in your leg that um, is a steroid for your son's lungs. So if your son is born today or this weekend, he will have a better chance of survival. And when they said survival, it was the first time that my husband and I realized and looked at each other that this was so serious and that there was actually a chance that, oh, maybe he will be born and maybe he won't survive. And I will never forget those moments. Um, My husband had a um, plastic box of Tic Tacs in his pockets, and he was so anxious that he crushed the Tic Tac box. I will never forget that, (laughs) hearing that and knowing how full of anxiety and stress he was in that situation. 
we stayed at the hospital for four days under constant surveillance, always hooked to the non-stress test, the monitor that was monitoring contractions, um, uh, you know, checking um, how dilated I was and things like that. And um, the... um, Another thing they did was give me a pill called Procardia, and the original reason for the creation of this pill is to help lower high blood pressure in women and men. And um, a secondary thing they discovered with this pill, I didn't have high blood pressure. That wasn't any reason for Mm -hmm. the contractions. I've never had high blood pressure, not in my pregnancies or today. But the second thing this pill does is help stop contractions. And so it's called Procardia, and they put me on it, a daily pill, and... um, Long story short, they sent me home on bed rest. I was on strict bed rest for um, several weeks, and uh, I actually was allowed to go back to work after wow. that for a couple of weeks. And then my son was born completely healthy the first day of the 40th week of pregnancy. That's amazing. Thank you. It is amazing. <laughs> I, I feel you so much. I mean, there's you never forget those nerves. I remember going in at 38 weeks and not thinking – like, do we bring our bag? Are we having the baby today? Are we not having a baby? Are we, is the baby okay? There's so many feelings that are just constantly running through your head. And it's so, I mean, it was my first pregnancy. I'm not sure if it was yours first either, but there's so many unknowns behind it that just any assurance you can get from anybody is so, so meaningful. Um, so I'm so happy that everything worked out with your son. And it's it's just such an incredible story. Thank you. Thank and you. We really appreciate you sharing yeah, that story, thank you too. so much. Oh, my goodness. I'll tell it all day, every day, if it, <laughs> if it convinces someone to pay attention to their baby's right, movements. Right. I feel you. Yes. Well, let's cut to a quick break. Um, yep. I think we're going to go to a commercial, and then we'll be right back. Want to learn more about Healthy Birthday and Count the Kicks? Visit CountTheKicks.org or download the free Count the Kicks app by searching in the app or Google Play stores. Now let's get back to the show. All right, so we are back with Emily Price. Um, the next thing that we want to talk about is general storytelling and marketing. And, you know, you guys have so many stories that you get to tell. Um, so we know that Count the Kicks was built on a shared story from five women. How does that continue today as you continue to tell stories? They are the fabric of what we do. Their vision is very much present in everything we do, all the way back to them saying, we want this to be a mom-centered, empowering campaign. Mm -hmm. We call it educational and empowering because that's exactly what it is, and that is all from their vision. Um, They all still sit on our board of directors, have frequent input on the vision um, without in any way being overbearing or, um, you know, uh, they're just such brilliant trailblazing women that um, we rely on their expertise and their experience um, to help guide us as we grow um, into other states and uh, grow an even stronger presence here in Iowa. And um, part of their influence absolutely goes back to, um, you know, talking about stillbirth in a way that is educational and empowering instead of sad and dark um we want they don't they don't want to keep any information from someone who needs it um, and they know that um, an effective way to reach as many women as possible is to be empowering Mm -hmm. i love that and you you kind of touched on it but you know obviously we know there are very positive stories that come from count the kicks and then sometimes there are stories that need to be shared but aren't as happy. How do you uh, balance that um, while still respecting the things that real life people are going through? 
Absolutely. This is something that we talk about frequently because here's the reality. The reality is that in this country, one in 167 pregnancies will end in stillbirth. An even worse reality is that for African-American women, it's one in 94 Mm. pregnancies will end in stillbirth. That is so completely unacceptable and Mm -hmm. tragic that, um, you know, we held focus groups a couple of years ago when I first started as executive director. And we wanted to learn from African-American women what is um, the most effective way um, to talk about um, preventing stillbirth and the fact that you happen to be at greater risk. And what we learned from these wonderful women that spent time giving us their honest feedback is that they do not want it Mm sugar-coated. They want to know that they are at greater risk. Many of them didn't know that they are at greater risk for not just stillbirth, but other adverse birth outcomes that affect not only the health of their baby, but affect their health as well. And what the vast majority of these women told us is that they want to know the statistics, and then they want to know that they have a tool that could potentially help them, like Mm -hmm. Account the Kicks app. And so um, particularly when we are trying to um, reach African-American women, we don't sugarcoat it because we don't believe that women are delicate flowers. We believe they can handle the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we do make it empowering, um, and we do put the statistics out there because we do believe that women can handle it. Mm-hmm. And they need to know it too. It's it's so important to know that. Um, I mean, from every perspective, I, I've, a lot of your guys' stories have gone viral or have made um, national headlines. But as Anna mentioned, not all of them end with a happy ending. And so it's still important that um, you utilize those as a learning tool for people. Um, so I kind of wanted to go into that a little bit more. What other ways does your does your organization incorporate storytelling um, through different campaigns or um, ways that you guys get that message across? The number one driver of getting a an expectant parent to use the Count the Kicks app is when they learn about it from the storytelling of another mom. Mm-hmm. And here's an example. We had a walkie mom mm-hmm. in 2017, June of 2017, um, deliver her baby. She was using the Count the Kicks app. Um, this is Emily Ekoff and her baby Ruby. She was using the Count the Kicks app and her normal every day, she was a high risk pregnancy with Ruby. Her normal every day was 10 minutes to get to those 10 movements. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden one day she got three subtle movements in two hours. Mm -hmm. That was a big change for Ruby. And Emily knew that because she was using the app. So she called our doctor. Doctor said, come in right away. And so um, they checked her out. They ran all of the tests that a doctor should run when someone comes in complaining of reduced fetal movement, ultrasound, non-stress test. And on the ultrasound, what they found with Ruby was that she wasn't moving her fingers or her toes. She was no longer moving her ligaments from one day to the other. He, you know, and Doc said, Doc looked at this and um, he said, this is not normal. I don't mm-hmm. know exactly what's happening here, but I know this baby is safer on the outside than she is on the inside. Mm-hmm. And they were 33 weeks and five days long. And so they made the decision to have an emergency C-section to get Ruby out and safe. And when they started to pull Ruby out, they noticed that the cord was wrapped tightly around her neck three times. And that's what was restricting her movement. Um my son was born with a cord around his neck. It doesn't always mean it's going to end poorly, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes it does. It's mm-hmm. what they call a nuchal cord. And um, Doc 
looked at Emily and said, you know, if you had waited six hours, Mm -hmm. if you had waited 12 hours, you likely would have had a much different outcome. Ruby probably would not be here today. And so um, that is um, an example of um, a mom saving the life of her baby through Count Mm -hmm. the Kicks and a a proactive doctor and, and nursing staff as well. And so... This doctor happens to sit on our medical advisory board, and he has always been a proponent of kick counting and tracking fetal movement long before we even existed. Mm -hmm. He was part of our creation. Dr. Neil Monsager is his name. He's a wonderful human being and doctor. And he um, approached Emily and said, or I believe a nurse approached Emily and said, you know, if you're comfortable, if you are at all comfortable, would you be willing to tell your story to the to count the hicks um, without telling us who she was or mm-hmm. anything like that. And Emily said, sure, I, you know, I'd be happy once Ruby gets out of the hospital, I'd be happy to, to tell the story. And so they did here locally in Des Moines, um, all the awesome TV stations showed up and radio and the Des Moines Register, they all showed up, which was so gratifying. And because Emily so effectively told their story Mm -hmm. that it went viral, Good Morning America called, Inside Edition called, USA Today, New York Times, um, they all called and did a story on Ruby. And what happened was the real effect of, we call it the Ruby effect, actually, at Count the Kicks, is that... um, in that month, our app downloads spiked 3,700%. Oh and um, statistics, SA was helping us track the traction that mm-hmm. was that was coming with the power of, um, and I, I think Anna was the one who sent me the report that said it was viewed 330 million times across oh the globe, whether being shared on social media or, and um, so now our app has been downloaded in all 50 states and in 140 countries. Um, and in my opinion, it is in in large, large part because of Emily mm-hmm. so effectively telling her story. She had a quote that was in the Des Moines Register that they pulled out that basically said, if it weren't for this app, I would be burying my baby. And I feel like that line was um, so steeped in reality and truth that it, it really encouraged a lot of moms to pay attention. And so we're, we're incredibly grateful to her. Um, and so that is an example of mm-hmm. storytelling impacting the lives of others, because here's why. Within a few weeks, two more babies were saved after uh-huh. Ruby. There was a baby in Omaha. A mom downloaded the app after Ruby and saved her baby. And then um, one here in Ankeny. So, and and probably many more that we don't even know of. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> just talk about, like, immediate results mm-hmm. and just seeing how effective a campaign can be with that. That's so powerful. Yes. If uh, any listeners have heard me sniffling, that's how powerful it is. <laughs> I get emotional every time. Yes. Me too. <laughs> me three. Yeah, that was, I mean, that's just amazing. And I've seen Ruby at um, Every Woman Counts, I think, two years in a row now. And every time I'm like, oh my goodness, it's, it's a little the baby celebrity. <laughs> Guess what? Ruby's a big sister now. She has really? a little sister. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. All-star family. That's right. No wow. kidding. Well... Um, you probably get an, I feel like, overwhelming number of stories to share. How, I mean, I know Ruby kind of happened organically and through partners and, but when you have the choice of which stories you're going to share, how do you guys determine what is the right story to tell your followers or newsletter, et cetera? Well, we, we want to tell all of them. I mean, any mom that is willing to share her story, and we certainly don't ever pressure them because we know there is a lot of, that there can be a lot of trauma, even with the birth of a healthy baby, there can be a lot of trauma. So I, we certainly never 
coerce or pressure or anything like that. We just simply say, we would love for you to share your story when you're ready. If you're willing, maybe you're never willing and that's okay too. Um, but if you are willing, we know, you know, we know that it will help others. And so when you're ready, we'd love to hear from you. And so we have a portal on our website where they can go in and tell their story and upload a picture of their baby if they would like. Um, and we share it um, um, on our website or on social media. Sometimes um, if they're if they're willing to do a TV interview or a radio or a podcast or a newspaper interview, if they're willing to do that, we will also reach out um, and do some PR work um, here in Iowa and across the country. Um, there was just a mom in South Carolina who saved her baby after learning about Count the Kicks from one of our ambassadors, Danielle, who lost her daughter um, to stillbirth. Um, her daughter would be turning five next month. And um, it was you can already see the impact in South Carolina. And so um, how we determine is we we think every story is incredible. And, when it, you know, it's just like we we get an email or we get a message on our website. And I, I literally just sit at my laptop and, and, and cry for a little bit <laughs> and say, dang. Actually, I say, damn, we did it again. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just it's just like Christmas every time you hear oh. it um, to know that that baby is here. And um, the doctor, you know, said in many cases, otherwise, you know, you might have had a different outcome and just the impact that that baby is now home with their mom and their dad now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Um, for those companies and organizations that don't necessarily think they have stories to tell or could tie to this, um, what advice do you have for kind of expanding your um, horizon into other businesses and organizations that can get involved with Count the Kicks or Healthy Birthday in general? Oh, we would love we would love to have their support. Um, every um, Every new advocate, every new dollar that comes in helps save more babies. Literally, we see the impact every single day. And so I would say probably the biggest way for companies to be involved is to um, participate and become a sponsor of our Every Woman Counts Luncheon. We are planning our sixth luncheon coming up um, in April of next year. Um, we will have the date and the headline speaker out, uh, hopefully within a couple of weeks. We're excited. Um, we have about 1,200 people come into the Iowa Event Center Grand ballroom. Um, every spring it is an empowering afternoon, an empowering luncheon. Um, it's There's humor, there's inspiration, uh, there's real life stories. Oh my gosh, um, talk about tears at those lunches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to one now and um, wow, just incredible stories, incredible speakers, truly such an inspirational event to go to. So if you're in Iowa or outside of Iowa and can make it um, next year to the next event, it's so so meaningful thank you we would love to have have anyone there we it's open to the general public it's yeah. not just um sponsors but to the general public as well and um if you would want to email us at info at counthekicks.org we'd be happy to give you more information i think one of the most meaningful things that happened at this year's luncheon was um on stage to, stood 13 babies and their families that had all been saved by Count the Kicks um, to stand there and you see the real life impact of, of what happens when you believe in Count the Kicks and contribute to the cause, whether it's through advocacy or financial means. Mm -hmm. um, we appreciate it all. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I know you kind of mentioned info at countthekicks.com, but if you have any other areas that people can find you, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, where can where can people find information? Absolutely. So yeah, countthekicks.org, or we are on Facebook, countthekicks is, is the handle. Um, Twitter, we're countthekicksus, and Instagram, countthekicksus as well. Great. 
Great. Thank you so much. This Thank was you. such a pleasure to sit down with you. Oh, the pleasure was all mine. I love, we love essay so much. And <laughs> thank you for all the work that you do. You are literally saving babies probably through this podcast and through all of the work that you've done over the years. So thank you so much. Thank you for coming in and sharing your story. And we look forward to hopefully getting this out for more people to hear and spreading the word a little bit more. Thank you. Yes. And we'll see you next week. ASAP, a Strategic America podcast, is produced inside the walls of Strategic America, a marketing agency located in West Des Moines, Iowa. Visit strategicamerica.com ASAP for more.